Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now this is the drive at 530 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli another Bite by Commander the Dog. Cocaine White House Dogs is going to be a huge, huge hit. Commander the Dog. Biden's dog bites another Secret Service agent. The 11th known incident. My movie is going to be a smash hit. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter. At Rich Zioli. Great to have you with us today. Uh... I, it, you know, it, it, whenever you get to talk to people like uh, Colonel Barnum, it's always a real honor. I just wanted to mention, I mean, he's very, very modest, but there, he and, and several of his uh, fellow Marines that day saved a lot of lives in Vietnam. And, um, you know, it, and, and he's talked about this before. He, he said it was the first time he'd ever been shot at uh, and he hit the deck. And uh, he said injuries mounted quickly for the company, but Barnum was OK. He quickly surveyed the scene realized that the company's radio operator and its commander had fallen. And he said, when I looked around, I could see all these young Marines eyes looking at me and they're saying, okay, Lieutenant, what the hell are we going to do? He said, at that point, I started doing what lieutenants do and that's giving direction. Barnum got up and immediately started calling in artillery, but he said, eventually called off the fire because some of the shrapnel was hitting his men. Without regard for his own safety, Barnum then ran into the open field to grab Gormley and bring him back to relative safety. He said they talked right before Gormley died in his arms. Imagine that. But the company commander just died and the radio was still out there on the field. So I ran out. I took the radio off the dead operator, carried it back and strapped it to myself. I got on the phone, called the battalion commander and told him what happened and that I was assuming command. He calmly reorganized and rallied the units around him before leading a counterattack on an enemy trench to their right. He said fixed wing aircraft in the area couldn't come to their rescue due to bad weather but leadership eventually provided them with two gunships to help. Colonel Barnum moved through intense enemy fire to get to a knoll where he could call into the air, call in the air attacks of repeatedly exposing himself so he could physically point out the targets. When Barnum eventually talked to the battalion commander in the village, commander said he wouldn't be able to get to them, that Barnum's company would have to fight its way out or be struck by themselves or be stuck by themselves overnight. He said, I knew this was a non-starter. Casualties were mounting rapidly. Ammunition was getting low and the ceiling was closing in on us. I didn't think our chances were going to be very good if we stayed. 
So Barnum had submarines clear a small landing zone as he requested and directed the landing of two transport helicopters for the evacuation of the dead and the wounded. Lieutenant said he and the remaining Marines then collected their packs and all their equipment that was going that was no longer working and destroyed them to make ourselves light. Their next move was to make it about 500 meters across open rice paddies to the village without getting hit by enemy fire. Squad by squad, when I said go, I said run as fast as you can. Don't even stop. The only time you stop is if someone gets shot and you pick them up. He said it took about 45 minutes, but everyone managed to make it to the village, which the rest of the battalion was able to successfully evacuate. Days later, Barnum learned that he was recommended for the Medal of Honor. He received it on February 27, 1967, uh, during a ceremony at Marine Barracks, Washington. His family, some friends, and several other Marines he fought with were able to attend. He was promoted to captain in 1966. He returned to Vietnam in October 1968 to command the same battery he'd served with during the first deployment. He remained in the Marines for a long time, retiring after 27 years of service. A few years later, Barnum married a woman named Martha Hill. He said, I've worn this medal in honor of those great Marines and corpsmen who fought with me on the battlefield that day, who didn't walk off or walked off seriously wounded. There were no superstars, but I happened to be the quarterback calling the plays. Throughout his life, he continued to work with the military in an official capacity, as well as with veterans and service members through various organizations. And he served as Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Navy Reserve Affairs from 2001 to 2009. He was designated the Acting Assistant Secretary of the Navy for Manpower and Reserve Affairs in January 2009. In 2016, it was announced that a new guided missile destroyer would be named for him. Five years later, in April 2021, Barnum attended the keel laying for that ship, the USS Harvey C. Barnum Jr. So uh, he'll be one of the... Medal of Honor recipients will be at the McClef Gala October 28th in Philadelphia at Rivers Casino. I hope you'll be able to join us. It'll be a fantastic event. If you can't come, please donate. Be very, very generous. It's an incredibly, incredibly worth, uh, worthwhile organization. It absolutely is. Okay. Um, there's breaking news regarding the Senate. And they're saying right now, Chuck Schumer came out and said they have a deal. Uh, but as I'm looking at the details of this, it doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere. Senate Republicans and Democrats said they have a deal to keep agencies open through mid-November, provide billions in aid for Ukraine and disaster relief. House Republicans are likely to balk. Uh, Senator J.D. Vance putting out that this bill is going to go nowhere because of the Ukraine funding. Yeah, you know, look, this is the issue. This is the problem. And I've been saying this now for days. The Ukraine funding needs to be a separate vote. Whether or not you agree we should be giving Ukraine another dollar, and I myself do not, but whether or not you agree we should or not is irrelevant to keeping the government open. It needs to be a separate debate. Debate it out. Talk about it. Talk about where we go, what's happening, how long this goes, and what Europe's doing, and have the whole debate. This this should not be part of any attempts to keep the government open. Senator Rand Paul has just threatened to use Procedural tools available to him to challenge the aid, potentially delaying the Senate bill's arrival in the House. This is the scam. And I hate when these people do this, tying Ukraine funding to keeping the government open. And what's going to happen is the parroting, the the parrots in the corporate media are all going to come out tonight and say that Republicans like Rand Paul and others are willing to shut down the government and and be and be rogues and, and and careless and burn it all down. No, they're not. They're doing the right thing. The right thing is, you want to have a vote in Ukraine funding, you have a separate vote. 
period. Nothing attached to it but Ukraine, period. The reason why they do it that way is to give cover to all these cowards out there who are afraid. And so this way they can turn around and say, well, I didn't want to vote for Ukraine funding, but I had no choice. It was either that or shut down the government. It's a little scam that they do to protect each other. All these little swamp creatures in Washington, and it's infuriating to me, infuriating. I'm looking at the numbers here, and it looks like what we're talking about here is $6 billion for the Ukraine war effort, as well as $6 billion for disaster relief in the wake of a series of wildfires and floods. So we're going to give... Think about this now. Ukraine gets six billion, and then six billion for our own country's emergencies. <laughs> uh, ah, this is infuriating. You know what we're going to have tomorrow night too. Here's what you're going to have tomorrow night. You're going to have. I guarantee you. Mark my words. Chris Christie will say, and so will Mike Pence. It's shameful that these Republicans are willing to shut down government instead of doing what needs to be done and passing a spending bill. You watch, watch. I'm not wrong about this stuff. No matter what, whether or not you support Ukraine getting more money or not is not the point. You do not add that to spending bills to keep the government open. The, the, it's a scam is what it is. It's such a scam. Well, Senator Rand Paul should block it, and so should J.D. Vance, and so should, so should everybody else. Because the American people have a right to hear their elected representatives and their senators stand up and debate the issue. That's what needs to happen here. I am so tired of the Biden administration sending Ukraine whatever it wants for as long as it wants, forever and ever and ever, without any accountability of the American people. It's wrong. J.D. Vance just tweeted out, I guess the Senate CR includes $4.5 billion for Ukraine. He tweeted out, this will certainly lead to a government shutdown. Democrats won't fix our border, but will shut down the government unless we fund Ukraine. Disgraceful. He's absolutely correct. It's disgraceful. And I'll tell you what else is disgraceful is that that slob John Fetter person is going to come out in his hoodie and his baggy shorts and his sneakers and his his stupid porn stash. And he's going to come out and tell everybody that these that these people are being outrageous in how they will not support keeping the government open. That's what they're going to say. It's wrong of these people to do that. Are you kidding me? He's going to come out and say that. Yes, he is. You watch. Mark my words. Senator John Fetterperson, I don't want to bring gender into it by saying Fetterman. Fetterperson is going to come out and say, and he'll make one of his stupid little pronouncements that he will wear a suit if they vote to keep the government open. Watch. Mark my words, he's going to say that. Oh, these people are infuriating. Infuriating. This is what J.D. Vance put out today. He said, the same idiots who pushed the most aggressive posture in Ukraine uh, did the same thing in Iraq. The bizarre and reflexive World War II analogies, if we don't stop him here, blah, blah, blah. The defense of the policy in terms of generic institutional deference and international norms rather than concrete American interest. The belief that tough talk and suicidal depletion of resources is an effective deterrent rather than, say, not wasting thousands of lives, billions of dollars, and much of our modern weapons of war. There's mission creep from eliminating weapons of mass destruction to building a liberal democracy in Iraq. From stopping the Russian advance to reclaiming every inch of territory to toppling Putin in Eastern Europe. The moralistic defense of our policies, freedom, democracy, despite the fact that our client states are neither free nor democratic. Remember what I told you in the 60 Minutes report yesterday. Ukraine is the second most corrupt country in the freaking world. The, the, The most corrupt is Russia and Ukraine's number two. So don't talk about this whole thing about this is a fight for democracy. Ukraine is not a democracy. 
The failure of our elites to acknowledge that our policies are enabling the persecution of historic Christian communities. The fact that our policies unite our adversaries together, Iraq and Iran, and now Russia and China. Both latter will lead to massive refugee crises that destabilize European allies and threaten our security. And both empower China. Senator Rand Paul is also tweeting about this as well, and I'm glad he is. You know, I really am. I'm glad that he's, he's also speaking out on this as well. And he said, uh, he said here, this is what he said. He said, Democrats and Republicans sent over $100 billion of your money to a corrupt foreign government, and there's no oversight, no matter how sympathetic we are to the Ukrainian people. My oath of office requires me to put the American people first. Absolutely. And Rand Paul is outraged at the unconstitutional United States subsidizing of the Ukraine economy. He said, this is after the 60 Minutes report, which I shared with you yesterday. We're paying for seeds, salaries, and sweaters. Seeds, salaries, and sweaters for Ukraine. How many people in America would like their business to be subsidized by our government, huh? Well, this is a fight for democracy here, so we have to do all these things. Senator Rand Paul To Laura Ingram last night, he said the sending of billions in taxpayer dollars to Ukraine continues to receive bipartisan support is reportedly being spent on much more than the war effort. Through repeated aid packages supported by the Biden administration, Democrats and top Republicans in Congress, the U.S. taxpayer has been funding purchases of seeding and fertilizer for Ukraine's agricultural sector, supported small businesses such as one knitwear company and paid first responder salaries. The same report cited Ukraine being ranked second only to Russia as the most corrupt country in Europe by a top German NGO. You know what? I would be less angry if Congress had an up or down vote and voted to fund Ukraine versus trying to do this scam that they're doing, which is to give Ukraine money through this backdoor mechanism by keeping the government open. I would be less angry. I wouldn't support it, but I'd be less angry because at least they had a debate on this. And at least the American people got to hear the debate and hopefully get to call their representatives and call their senators and weigh in on what they believe should happen here. He said to add insult to injury, if there's a shutdown, U.S. government workers will not be paid, but Ukrainian workers will be paid by the U.S. taxpayer. So the U.S. Constitution does not allow tax dollars to be used in this way half a world away. The spending clause in our Constitution, you remember that, the Constitution? The spending clause in our Constitution says that Congress can spend according to its enumerated powers, the powers given to it by the Constitution and also for the general welfare. It would be unconstitutional for the feds to simply appropriate $100 billion to Kentucky as a state because that would violate the general welfare clause, adding that it is therefore obviously illegal to appropriate it to another country. Our framers never imagined in their worst nightmare that we would send that much money overseas, but it violates every precept of the Constitution, and I'm going to do everything I can to stop them from sending any more. Good. Good. But, of course, Mitch McConnell, who's the other senator from Kentucky, said that providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians is the number one priority in the United States right now, according to most Republicans. Well, if you're a Republican, do you feel that way? I'm curious, do you? See, I think the reason why Donald Trump is doing so well in the polls and none of these other bozos are is because they can't get out of their their, their own way on Ukraine. He's been very, very adamant about where he stands on Ukraine. DeSantis flip-flopped on it. Christie's all in. Pence is all in. Nikki Haley's all in. It doesn't matter where the others stand, but these guys are all in on this. 
You want to know why Joe Biden's plummeting in the polls? This is part of the reason right here. This is part of the reason. And I'm and I'm and I'm really, really tired, too, of this notion that if we don't stop him here, it's going to be it's going to be World War Two all over again. This is not 1935. The world has changed just a little bit since then. We have NATO now and we also have European countries that are heavily armed now and can defend themselves. The world is in a much different place than it was when Adolf Hitler rolled into Poland. And you know what? Poland is not in on this. You think Poland would have learned the lessons, right? Because everybody makes their Hitler analogies. Poland doesn't want this. Poland's not jumping in to help uh, to help Ukraine. In fact, they said the opposite. They want no part of this. So the very country that should have learned the lesson, how come they didn't? Because it's a bunch of BS. It's a BS talking point is what it is. It's a BS talking point. If Europe's that worried about Russia rolling into Ukraine, then why is Europe not doing more about this? Why is this on us? And here's something else, too, that really chaps my ass. I'll tell you something else, too. It's this. How come if the if the goal here is to stop Russia, we're not stopping Russia? How come if this is really, truly Adolf Hitler again? Why don't we have every man, woman in the military, man and woman in the military there on the ground in Ukraine, every tank, every plane and stopping this guy and then taking him out? Oh, you know why? Because he's a nuclear power. That's why. And World War Three could happen at any moment. That's why. That's why we're not doing it. So instead, we're going to spend until uh, eternity here. And what if this goes on 10 years? We just keep spending for 10 years? What if it goes on 20 years? What if it never ends? What if the war in Ukraine goes on longer than the war on terror? Do we ever, do we ever stop? Or we just keep doing this forever and ever as long as it takes? See, this is the kind of stuff that the, 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 the Constitution requires, doesn't suggest, requires the Congress debate and vote on. It's called an act of war. There is an act. There is a war that is existing right now. And the United States is sure as hell playing a part in it with tanks and planes and bullets and money. Maybe not people, but with a lot of other resources. We are fighting this proxy war against Russia and Congress has not voted to authorize to do so. And I could be a sore loser and I'm okay if they vote to authorize it and I don't get my way. That's okay. But at least have the vote. And that's not what's happening here. It's not what's happening. So how long do we do this for? Forever and ever and ever? To the end of time? This could go on forever. I mean, literally could go on forever. The war in Ukraine. So at what, at what price? At what price? Huh? Uh, the, and, and these cowards hiding behind keeping the, the Washington, uh, keeping Washington open. Hiding behind this. Ah, oh, these people make me sick. This is a little bit of what Rand Paul said last night on um, the Ingram angle. Take a listen. They sent $100 billion and nobody's counting the money and nobody's looking for the fraud. And Ukraine's always been in the top 10 or historically been in the top 10 for corruption. So now I think it's a huge mistake. It's, it's, there, it's an unpopular idea. And yet the leaders in Washington are dead set on ramming this down our throat. But I told them I am not going along with it. I will not allow my consent to let them push through more money for Ukraine, particularly when they have the gall to tell us they're going to pay Ukrainian government workers while our workers go unpaid. Yeah, exactly right. I, 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 I seriously. And, and again, it's going to be and what, mark my word, the corporate media will do the little scam that they do. And those 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 war hawk rhino uh, neocon Republicans will all come out and say the exact same things, too. Oh, it's outrageous how they the burn it all down caucus. They'll make their stupid comments. They're going to say tomorrow night in the debate. Mark my watch it. You'll see. 
I'm right about this. At what point do these people realize the American people don't want this? They don't want they're rooting for Ukraine. They're sympathetic to the people of Ukraine, but they don't want what's happening right now. $120 billion, no accountability, and no end in sight. No end in sight. Ah, oh, and then and then to think that we just have to turn around now and we turn around and we just say to everybody, well, this is a fight for democracy. And if it's a demo- if it's a fight for democracy, then we that we we're in it for as long as it takes. As long as it takes. By the way, and thanks to um, my buddy Don Stensland for sending this to me. Uh, Jim Comer, the chairman of the House Judiciary or House Oversight Committee, just tweeted out a short time ago, 5.08 p.m. as a matter of fact, hot off the presses. I just subpoenaed and obtained two bank wires revealing Hunter Biden received payments originating from Beijing in 2019 when Joe Biden was running for president. Joe Biden's Delaware home is listed as the beneficiary address for both money wires from China. Wow. House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer today announced that the House Oversight Committee subpoenaed and obtained two bank wires revealing Hunter Biden received payments originating from Chinese nationals, including Jonathan Lee in July and August of 2019 when Joe Biden was running for president of the United States. Joe Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home is listed as the beneficiary address for both wires. Quote from the chairman, bank records don't lie, but President Joe Biden does. In 2020, Joe Biden told Americans that his family never received money from China. We've already proved that to be a lie earlier this year. And now we know that the two wires originating from Beijing listed Joe Biden's Wilmington home as the beneficiary address when he was running for president of the United States. When Joe Biden was vice president. He spoke on the phone and had coffee with Jonathan Lee in Beijing and later wrote a college letter of recommendation for his children. Joe Biden's abuse of public office for his family's financial gain threatens our national security. What did the Bidens do with this money from Beijing? Americans demand and deserve accountability for President Biden and the first family's corruption. The Oversight Committee, along with the Judiciary and Ways and Means Committee, We'll continue to follow the evidence and money to provide transparency and accountability. That's the latest from Chairman Comer right there as uh, as that comes out. This is Biden on the potential government shutdown. And again, this is what the this is the talking point. This is what the media is going to say. This is what the neocon war hawk rhino Republicans are going to say to cut number two. Anyway. In the meantime, I want to say a word about uh, those in Congress who are willing to shut down the government. Just a few months ago, the Speaker of the House and I agreed to uh, spending levels uh, for the government. We were up right to the very edge, almost uh, reneged on our debt, and uh, that uh, we're going to fund essential priorities and still cut the deficit by $1 trillion over the next decade. Now, a small group of extreme House Republicans, they don't want to live up to that deal. And everyone in America could be faced with uh, uh, paying the price for that. We changed it. We made a deal. We shook hands. We said, this is what we're going to do. And now they're reneging on the deal, which is not much of a surprise these days. And the black community in particular is going to suffer if that occurs. For example, shutdown is going to risk nutrition assistance in only 7 million moms and children. It's going to disproportionately affect black families. The Department of Housing and Urban Development will have to stop nearly all of its enforcement work fighting housing discrimination. EPA would have to stop its important work bringing environmental justice and frontline and fence line communities. 
because most of the inspections and, uh, and hazardous waste sites and chemical facilities would come to a halt. Historic work we're doing to increase the share of federal contract dollars going to small disadvantaged businesses would be disrupted. Funding the government is one of the most basic fundamental responsibilities of the Congress, and if the Republicans in the House don't start doing the job, we should stop electing them. Yeah, you know what? All of that has nothing to do with funding Ukraine. Nothing. And yet that's the lie. That's the lie that's being told right now, right here. And it's about to be repeated in the media, about to be repeated in the media. Let's see. Spasmaticus on Twitter, Rich, I can't believe you're surprised at what the media is going to say. I didn't say I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm telling you what they're going to say. I didn't say I was surprised. Did I say I was surprised? No, I didn't. Uh, Sorry, I don't mean to be snippy, but I'm a little bit annoyed by this right now. Yes, Poland just broke up with Ukraine. Thank you, Road Warrior. I literally just said that, too. Uh, You know what? I'm going to stop reading tweets because I'm just going to get mad. (laughs) Just put the phone down. Fine. Before I start getting snippy with my beloved audience. Your friends are getting on your nerves. The tweets are coming in. Not only that, but in the middle of this, I'm trying to to save the world and also... I got to deal with my friends trying to get rooms in the Grand Hotel in Cape May <laughs> for October 13th. So in the middle of this, I'm also playing booking agent. What am I, hotels.freaking.com right now? Always book direct with the Grand, with the grand Hotel. <laughs> always, always book direct with them for the best rates. Don't use a third party like me. <laughs> oh, man. Just putting the phone down. That's probably for the best. I see. Now I'm getting mad again. Because you picked it up. You're I know. At I it. know. I'm putting it down. I'm putting it down. Putting it down. See, I, my friend says to me, I said there are some f- townhomes available at the Grand Hotel. I said, well, they're a little pricey. What does that mean? What, is that, what that means is you pick up the phone and you call the Grand Hotel and you book them. And if you want to pay that, what, what, do, I, what do I own the place? I don't own the joint. Oh, everybody's annoying me now. This is what happens. This is what happens. <laughs> Why'd they even ask you? Couldn't they just Google? I, I'm sure you, know, you look up the Grand Hotel in Cape May, all the answers. Well, people will be would right rather there. bother me when I'm working. They know you're on air. They obviously. know they, they literally know I'm working right now. It's not even a question of, oh, maybe he's on a break, or maybe he's getting a snack, or maybe he's, you know, went out for run an errand. Like when I'm at my job, I'm 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 on the air. If you want to know, is Rich working, you turn on the radio. <laughs> Right? It's not that hard. <clears throat> and um, apparently somebody said I crossed the line with my dead whale joke. I didn't cross the line. And I'll make more dead whale jokes if you keep it up. All right? If you keep it up, I'm going to make more dead whale jokes. Who's getting offended? The whales? Uh, I think the whales have a, uh, a lobby. Oh, putting it down. Not looking. Not looking. Next, you're going to want to go to the Cape May Marlin Tuna and Catfish Club with me and hang out, <laughs> which is a very exclusive club. I spent $310 to become a member there. Not so I could take every riffraff all over the world, all right? But yeah, that's where the after party will be. Uh, application was approved. I'm officially the newest member of the Cape May Marlin and Tuna Club. I don't have a boat. I don't fish. I don't even <laughs> like fish. No, I do actually like fish, but. You want to hear my application? Let me see if I can have it. you have to write an essay or something? I did, yeah. Did you really? Well, sort of. But you know what? 
The thing about it is, maybe I had a Medal of Honor winner on. And maybe they named the Destroyer after him. But does he have this? Welcome to the Cape May Marlin and Tuna Club. <laughs> At our last general board meeting, your application for membership was approved, subject to the current rules, regulations, and bylaws of the club. We do encourage our members to visit our website, marlinandtuna.com, for the most current information pertaining to events, tournament schedules, tournament results, or view pictures of members in action, just to name a few of the amenities to be found there. If you have any questions regarding our organization or would like to serve on any of our committees, please feel free to either email us or call the club and leave a message at my attention. Very truly yours, Haley Howarth of uh, the Cape May Marlin. And I have given my membership door card. After that, I have my welcome letter, too. Official Cape May Marlin and Tuna Club stationery, Matt DeSantis. <laughs> Dear Mr. Zioli. Actually, they just said, Dear Rich. They don't, you know. <laughs> Please. The indignity. Please. This is the most prestigious club I've ever joined. There's a pool table and there's a bar. I'm very, very excited for this. It's going to be great. <laughs> Are you going to go fishing now? No. I feel like you have to. Why? Because what? Isn't that the whole point of the club? I think it's to drink beer with people who do fish, in which case I do that very, very well. I do that spectacularly well. It's Could, the camaraderie. See that? I don't know. I feel like you should be. You're not going to have anything to discuss with these people if you don't know anything about fishing. Well, what is there to talk about? What was it like? You threw a fishing pole in the water and then caught a freaking fish. I don't think that's you know, how it works. Oh, it's not I how it works. You have to hold on to the pole. You know, if I keep talking, I'm going to lose my membership. I better stop. <laughs> do you know what you're talking about with fishing either? Yeah, I know you don't throw the pole into the ocean. Well, not the whole thing, clearly. <clears throat> One how I go fishing, I go like this. I go Chef David Mills at the Grand Hotel. I'll do the uh, I'll do the halibut, please. <laughs> I'll do the surf and turf. That's how I go fishing. That's right. Uh, all right, listen, we got a lot more to go here. We got a lot of show. I'm gonna just take a deep breath. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, Cooper University Healthcare is a leading academic health system. Cooper's experts provide award winning primary and specialty care at more than 100 offices throughout the region, including personalized cancer care through the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper, groundbreaking stroke and neurosciences care, advanced surgical services, cutting-edge clinical research, and more. Recognized regionally and nationally and internationally as well. Make Cooper your first choice for outstanding care close to home. And as you know, I had surgery there back in July for my colorectal surgery. They did a fantastic job. I was in the hospital for five days. Uh, Thursday, I'll be getting my allergy shot at Cooper. I go see Dr. Lania for that. And of course, Reagan was born at Cooper Hospital. And when it comes to urgent care, you should really check out Cooper Urgent Care Centers. There's Cooper Urgent Care all around our region. The very same physicians and nurses who are on the front lines at the region's number one level one trauma center are the very same providers you and your family will see for all of life's everyday urgent care needs. Cooper University is changing the game. Committed, compassionate, complete. For an appointment, call 800-8-COOPER. 800-8-COOPER or cooperhealth.org, cooperhealth.org. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Some other uh, breaking news going on right now. Uh, again, my friend Don Stenson, the great Don Stenson, tweeting this out for me. Uh, there are peaceful demonstrations going on at Philadelphia City Hall. Set to begin now, city leaders asking for calm after a judge dismissed murder charges against officers after the deadly traffic stop shooting. All tragedies are not a crime, says defense attorney Brian McMonigle. Um, I'm going to regret this, but Steve's in Southampton. Yes, Steve, thank you for calling. What can I do for you? Uh, Hi, Rich. Yeah, so I've called in a few times and you've like, uh, you know, screamed at me a couple times on a few issues. I actually agree with you on on some of the things that you're uh, talking about today, but I actually wanted to call in about something else. Um, I'm I'm planning a trip to uh, Cape May next month, and I was wondering if you could help me out getting uh, some, like, rooms at the Grand. Is that something you could do for me? Yes. Uh, please hold, Steve. I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to be right with you and uh, handle your booking directly. OK. <laughs> they just hung up. Steve, I was going to. All right. Uh, Ray is in New Jersey. Ray, yes, how are you? Richard, 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 Richard. This is Ray trying to bring a liberal to you. You know, I did call, I called it, I called the hotel, whatever. I don't care. It is, I'm going to get the townhouse and, you know, everybody calm down. I just got to have the liberal wife come back home within the next 30 minutes. She's going to approve of it. I want to get the townhouse because she has to be, we have a liberal to save. So I'll be there. I'm going to get, I don't care. I, we, we were coming, okay? I'm, I called them. This said is I'm not going to call the price. Whatever. We'll be there. Everybody calm down. Rich right. is doing his best. I'm going to get it, okay? Yes, and I'll right. see Good. you. We sing happy birthday and we all get drunk. Well, it's a great idea. Well, I heard, I'm, I'm told there's one townhouse left, Ray, so you better, you better act quickly. I'm going to get the townhouse within the next 37 minutes when the liberal gets home. The liberal has no choice. If the liberal does not approve it, she will be, she will be out in the, in, the, in the basement. She's going to approve it, and I'm going to get it tonight. We'll be there. Everybody calm down. Leave my boy Richard Rich alone. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Hi, Rich. Thank I'm you, Ray. To the radio. All right, buddy. We'll I see you. You better, you better buy me a drink when I get there. <laughs> the least I can do, Ray. The least I can yeah, do. Yeah, because I'll be upset. You said that the Zeely Army is very generous. They are. I remember that word, generous. G-E-N-O. No, what, what, is, what is it? G-E-N-O. We don't know how to spell here on the show. <laughs> well, we don't know how to spell. We'll I'm not a spelling anyway. guy or a math guy, Love Ray. you. Thanks for the show. We'll see you on, on, on the 13th. We'll All right, you. buddy. Thank you. God bless you, Ray. God bless you and your liberal <laughs> wife. It's fantastic. I've never been more excited to meet a listener. If Ray's not there, I'll be devastated. Ray's going to get the last... He's got 37 minutes. He's going to get the last townhouse. That's not much... That's a lot of time. I'm just go. saying. I'm he's going to get the last townhouse. He's got 37 minutes to do it. Do you want to beat Ray? There's one townhouse left. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I, I'm a little punchy right now. It's not my fault. I didn't try to be punchy. I was in a good mood until the freaking Ukraine funding. Right? You vouched for me. I was in a good mood. Yeah, you were in a good mood today, yeah. 
And then the then the Ukraine funding. So and all the text messages about uh, hotel rooms. Well, that and then that and then help. and then dumb tweets. So now I got to deal with that too. No, I'm just kidding. There's good tweets today. Good good stuff. Um, <clears throat> let's see. In fact, uh, yeah. So I'm just so seeing that right now. There are protests underway right now in Philadelphia. Let's let's do this. Can we put on? Um, let's just do me a favor. Switch over to NBC Ten if you could. This way, if there's anything that goes wrong, we can uh, follow it right away. But in case you're just joining me, this is what's happening in Philadelphia right now. So today, <clears throat> police officer Mark Dial, the judge dropped all charges against him uh, in a shooting death that occurred in Philadelphia a short time ago regarding um, Eddie Irizarry. And that shooting in which the officer fired his weapon six times through the car window through the driver's side window and the district attorney, Larry Krasner went after him and charged him with all kinds of different things. The judge threw that out today in Philadelphia, the municipal court judge. Now that should be the end of it. Of course, it's not the end of it because Larry Krasner has already refiled the charges against the former Philadelphia cop who shot Eddie Irizarry during the traffic stop. So that's what's happening right now. And there's a peaceful quote unquote, peaceful protest happening in Philadelphia. Larry Krasner is a cop-hating maniac. He is a cop-hating maniac. The guy hates the cops, makes the cops the enemies. The cops can't stand him, and he hates the cops. And he goes after the cops using his office to do this all the time. Now, I believe we have a news report from NBC10 from earlier today, right? Uh, When Rosemary Connors was in the courtroom when the judge dropped all charges, all the charges were dropped against Officer Mark Dial. This was the August 14th traffic stop, which occurred in the shooting and killing of Eddie Irizarry in Philadelphia, in the Kensington section of Philadelphia. As you know, Kensington is a very, very rough, rough part of town. Uh, on Tuesday morning in the courtroom of the Criminal Justice Center, charges were dismissed against Philadelphia Police Officer Mark Dial who shot and killed 27-year-old Eddie Irizarry. He's 27 himself, Mark Dial. Philadelphia Municipal Judge Wendy Pugh determined the incident to be a justifiable shooting. Here's a little bit of the news report. Emotional moment happening right now outside the courtroom as Irizarry's family is walking out after this news of charges being dismissed. Rosemary, you were in the courtroom. Can you tell us what the judge said? Yeah, so Miguel, I mean, this happened just moments ago. And basically after both sides rested their cases in this preliminary hearing, The judge said, let's talk about arguments. So each side argued their position for the defense. They said, point blank, this was a justifiable shooting. Their evidence, they say, is that in that video, you can see Officer Mark Dial retreating as he is shooting to suggest that he thought that Irizarry had a gun and not a knife, and he was retreating away as is typical standard operating procedure, SOP for police officers when they believe they're encountering somebody who has a gun and that their life may be in danger. And it seems as though the judge side, I mean, she obviously sided with them, but bought that argument that this there was lack of evidence. This was a justifiable shooting for the prosecution. Their side, they claimed this was first degree murder. This was third degree murder. There was premeditation. Officer Mark Dial got out of the car and said that he was going to shoot Irizarry within seconds of exiting that police cruiser. Uh, and you could see that on the video inside the courtroom. As soon as the judge said it and her her uh, decision was brief, she said charges dismissed, lack of evidence. You could hear crying and wailing from the Irizarry family. It took actually quite a few minutes for all of us to be allowed to exit the courtroom because there, I, I suppose, was a fear of some type of 
uh, chaos breaking out. On one side of the court, you had uh, people in support of Irizarry, his family, friends, and then on the other side, you had people in support of Officer Mark Dial. And Rosemary, no, since we've been covering this, the family from day one has called this murder, has been very uh, emotional and outspoken about the shooting death of Eddie Edisadi, the family behind us now, so if we can get a little closer look um, of the, uh, the reactions. We know there were tr- protesters. The uh, the key is that the judge said that it's obvious from the video evidence that the officer was retreating back after he was shooting. It was not premeditated. Look, it's a tragedy. It's a tragic situation. It's a terrible situation. I'm sure Officer Dial did not go to work that day hoping to kill somebody. Cops don't want to kill people. It's not, you know, despite the, the narrative by guys like Krasner, they want to go do their job and go home to their families. Nobody wants to get caught up in this kind of a of a, of a mess. But unfortunately, sometimes officers are put in a situation where they have to make a decision to use deadly force. And it's not an easy call. And it's not it's not always going to work out the way that everybody expects it to. These things are not predictable. Unfortunately, they're not. But, you know, this man had a a knife in his hands as the cops approached the vehicle. (sighs) I mean, don't don't do that. You know, put your hands on the wheel. Let the officers see your hands. Make it very obvious you're not a threat. You don't have a weapon. And this is like classic 101 here. Why this guy was holding a, a weapon when the officer approached the vehicle. And the fact that, the, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the fact that the, the window was up is irrelevant. I mean, the officer shot through the window. Eddie Irizarry could have shot through the window at the officer. That's what was going through the officer's mind at the time. But what's important here to note is that a, a judge in Philadelphia reviewed the evidence, heard from the defense, heard from the prosecutors, and concluded there was not enough evidence here to justify these charges, that it was a justifiable shooting, and that's the end of it. And instead of it being the end, cop-hating Larry Krasner has to stand out there and make a, make a case out of this because it helps him politically and it advances every narrative that this guy has, which is that the cops are the problem, the cops are the bad guys, the cops are, are, are evil, and this is what he does. And this is what Krasner has always done. That's why morale in the city is at an all-time low. It's why the cops go out there and, and put their lives on the line knowing that they may have to be in a situation like that and make a very, very tough judgment call. And if they get it wrong, that the, 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 the prosecutor is going to come after them. The district attorney is going to come after them. And this, and this puts these guys in a very difficult situation because it's either they know at that moment this, this could go very, very wrong. This, this moment where you pull up to a vehicle is the, one of the most dangerous times an officer can ever be in the line of duty. That and sometimes responding to domestics. Very, very dangerous moments for a police officer. But I'm not a judge and I'm not an attorney. And, and, I, and, and the judge reviewed the evidence after hearing from the attorneys. And this was her decision. I don't think this judge did it because she thinks the cops should have uh, free reign to go out and, and shoot people in the streets. I don't think this judge in Philadelphia made this ruling today because she believes that whatever a cop says, you just go with that. She reviewed the body cam footage, which Krasner said was the evidence. Larry Krasner, the district attorney of Philadelphia, said the body cam evidence speaks for itself. Well, the judge looked at it, reviewed it, and made her determination. So there's going to be protests, and that's okay. Protests are okay. As long as they're peaceful, the family's grieving, I understand. I mean, my heart breaks for them. Nobody wants to lose a child. Nobody ever wants to lose a family member. Like I said, that cop didn't go to work that day hoping to kill somebody. These are very unfortunate situations. It doesn't make it murder, though. And that's, the, that's what the judge had to use in her determination. Let's hope it's peaceful. Let's hope it's, it's respectful and 
They have their, their opportunity to grieve. This officer should not be tried again. It's not double jeopardy, though, however, because he was not, you know, he wasn't um, acquitted by a jury. Though I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get a fair trial if Krasner pursues this because it's, it's only going to, the emotions are only going to get heightened. But Krasner's obviously going to keep pursuing this. He's not going to let it go. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. we got more to talk about with this. I do want to let you know, though, with the holidays approaching, you have to think about your weight, your weight loss goals and what the programs are out there. And you got to ask yourself a question. Do you really want to take shots the rest of your life just to lose weight? NJ Diet's typical results are twice as fast as weight loss injections without any of the side effects. Plus, you learn proper portion control and develop healthy eating habits for the rest of your life. By the end of NJ Diet's 40-day program, you will lose 20 to 40 plus pounds contractually guaranteed. You will lose the weight and keep it off the natural way. NJ Diet uses your hair, saliva, and blood work, along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that get your body into the fat-burning zone. Then, NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help keep the weight off. Locations throughout the East Coast are available with live online video consultations. Don't take shots the rest of your life. Lose weight quickly, the natural way, with NJ Diet. All you got to do is call 855-5-NJ-DIET. 855-5-NJ-DIET or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. Lose the weight for good the natural way. Guaranteed. njdiet.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, I went a little long there, but don't worry. We still have an hour left together, and there's breaking news all over the place. The show started off today with breaking news locally, and there's breaking news nationally now as there seems to be a deal in the Senate, but we don't have uh, – it doesn't seem to be any support in the House, thank God, because it includes Ukraine funding. So we'll get into that. Uh, Also, Donald Trump is defending the whales and the dolphins, and so he gets the mockery of the uh, idiots over at MSNBC for that. We'll share that with you as well. Tomorrow is a Republican debate, and I'll give you some thoughts on that as we preview that for you. Uh, and Biden can't can't uh, say the Pacific Islands, so we'll share that as well. Uh, basically, look, here, here's, the, here's the big takeaway from uh, the, the situation regarding Joe Biden and, and, and Gavin Newsom, because Gavin Newsom is running a shadow campaign here. Newsom and DeSantis are going to debate. You're going to see tomorrow night, DeSantis's strong suit is not debating. If it was, he would have already put away everybody else. I think tomorrow is his last chance. He's got to come out tomorrow night and he's got to make it very clear to everybody. He is the guy. He's the alternative to Trump. If not, the element of the party that's looking for an alternative to Trump is going to go candidate shopping. You keep hearing Glenn Youngkin's name. I don't think Glenn Youngkin would be smart to do it, but... There are still elements of the party with lots of money that do not want Trump in there. And they they thought DeSantis was going to be their guy. And they don't have another option right now. They don't have another alternative. And there's they will never get on board with Trump. They will not. They just will not. These are people that are convinced if he's the nominee, they're going to lose. So if the, so, this is DeSantis' time to try to prove to everybody that he can go one-on-one with him. And if he winds up getting distracted by Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ramaswamy is going to go in there tomorrow night to try to take him out. So I'll have more thoughts on this for you. Our big fourth and final hour coming up straight ahead. Don't go away. 